a $50 bill. Telling the truth to the Lord deliver you. Hello, somebody. The NFI Radio Gospel Network. Catch the wave on the NFI. Coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina, in the studios of the NFI Gospel Radio Network.
be thinking about but look don't turn back you keep moving and pressing forward want to welcome you to the nfi radio gospel network i'm your host the anointed one and it's always my pleasure thank you so much for locking in on this wonderful saturday morning we've got more great gospel music headed your way 
those of you, if you want to catch the wave, if this is your very first time, you can certainly join us um, on our public figure page on Facebook at NFI Radio Gospel Network, where over 99,000 listeners and viewers have access to tune in each day. And you can also join us on our website at NFIRadio.com. Certainly, it's always my pleasure. I want to thank you so much for locking in on this Saturday morning. Let's get back now with more great gospel music with the doctor of gospel. It's Doc McKenzie and the Gospel Highlights.
That's the sounds of Doc McKenzie and the Gospel Highlights. It's around about 22 minutes after the hour. We're coming live from the studios in Raleigh, North Carolina, as we continue with Aberdeen Walker, the song title, Carry Me Home.
in the mix in HD2 sound with tight acoustic bass. It's the NFI giving God the praise. I'm in production, doing a remix. Worldwide Enigma making platinum hits. New wine, come and get some of this. Stand and give God the praise.
many people that have come through the door. Glory to God. I've seen some with gray hair. Some can barely wave their hands. Thank you. 
Listen, y'all. 
from the NFI studios here on a beautiful Monday and we want to welcome you to Beat the Arch, the number one talk show here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. And do we have an awesome panel this morning? Well, it's that time of the year where we are so close to Christmas and we have a young group this morning on the panel. That's right, a young group. And these young people are going to be talking on a topic that uh, many of you are very much going to enjoy. And hosting this morning's broadcast is Sister Frances Blacknell. They're going to be talking about this morning's topic, if this world truly would be what God wanted it to be, what would it look like? Very interesting, right? (laughs) All right, well... They're going to be asked some questions about that, and uh, again, it's going to be a very interesting topic this morning, and uh, we're going to be listening in as these youth express how they feel about society and what's going on around the world as a young teenager. Again, this morning's topic, if this world truly would be what God wanted it to be, what would it look like? Again, Right here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network, it's to beat the odds. You can feel free to call in at any time to express your comment at 347-215-8049. Again, that's 347-215-8049. We'll be right back with the host, Miss 
Francis Black Note right after this. Take your party to the next level. Most ready to rock your crowd with inspirational, positive party vibes. Weddings, quinceañeras, sweet 16, Christian urban outreaches, church events, positive music all night, specializing in rhythm and praise, Christian hip hop, Christian reggaeton, and more. On your sound and live show. Call now for your booking information, 919-885-8991. DJ Welcome back to Beat the Arch, the number one talk show here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. Again, feel free to join in at 347-215-8049. And now, hosting this morning's broadcast on To Beat the Arch is Sister Frances Blacknell with this awesome youth that's going to be talking this morning on the topic. And now, here's our host, Miss Frances Blackman. Okay, just to begin, if you all could just introduce yourselves. You have your name cards in front of you, but if you could just introduce yourselves, just tell um, your name, your age this morning. My name is Michael, and I'm 17. Welcome. My name is Dwayne. I'm 21. Welcome. <laughs> My name is Shannon, <laughs> and I'm 28. Amen. Welcome, Shannon. My name is Jerron, and I'm 16. Amen. So y'all two will share that mic. My name is My name is Shantae, and I'm 17. Welcome, Shantae. My name is Ace, and I'm uh, 25. Welcome, Ace. We have a diverse panel. And diverse in age, not too diverse in other ways, but diverse in age, a little diverse in age, so our young adults. So the first question I want to ask you all, while many churches say we want young people, they don't really. If young adults actually showed up and joined their church for good, the change they naturally bring with them would be stark, even off-putting. In fact, making a congregation welcoming for young adults necessarily means it will become less comfortable for the current members. What do you all think about that? Do you think that church is a place where young adults are welcome? Do you think that young adults coming in and really being a part of the church would make folks uncomfortable? I think it depends on the older people because some older people don't really understand what the younger people be trying to say. So, like, yeah, they might disagree. Yeah, it just uh, it depends on the church, you know, people that's in the church. I mean, a church is, you know, whatever you make it. You know, you can have a church in here. You can have a church outside. It's just the people that you, you know, surround yourself with. And, I mean, it's always, it's always, like a lot of people, you know, about change, people don't like to change. So a lot, if somebody's stuck in their ways, they have their, their structure or whatever, how they do things, uh, you know, whenever you implement new people into something, it's going to change. And, I mean, it depends on that person if they're going to, you know, change and, and see, you know, how can we, how can we test these, 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 uh, these younger people, how can we get the message to them? Because if we're, if we're doing things the same way, then it's not going to get to them. So are we going to do God's work and switch up so we can touch these young, these young kids that really need the word of God? Or are we going to be stuck in our, whole, our old ways and, okay, oh, you, you got to come in uh, short shirt and tie. Like, you can't wear that. And that just that does a, a lot 
uh, you know, that's, that's detrimental to God's kingdom instead of uh, building it up because somebody, just because they had, they're wearing jeans, you tell them that they can't come in, that's going to push them away from the church instead of uh, getting them in the church and letting them hear something that they need to hear that's going to change their life. Just in saying that, um, we, we have our questions, but our security um, lead, John, he, so he picked up some clothes and he called me because when he went to go pick up the clothes, they were also offering condoms. And we serve the homeless um, every third Sunday. We're in the, um, at Franklin Square Park. And he said, Rev, you know, I didn't want to just get these if you didn't think, you know, that that was okay. I said, absolutely bring them because we're going to take them to the park. The last time when we were out at the park, there were a few women who were actually pregnant. They're homeless, but they're pregnant. Um, what do you all think about that? There were some in the church I heard that somebody was like, oh, I'm uncomfortable with us taking condoms to hand out down when we go to the park. What do you all think about us handing out condoms when we go to the park? Is that outside of the realm of kingdom building? Is it necessary? What do you all think about that? Um, I think it's necessary. Um, safe sex is the best sex. Um, and not only to like not you know to prevent like pregnancies, like when you're if you're homeless and you're pregnant, I'm, I can only imagine like how much harder that would make your life. So like, and not only just to prevent pregnancies, but like STDs and everything, I'm pretty sure are rampant in like the homeless community. So to protect yourself from all of that would probably be a good idea. Um, I think it's necessary as well. Um, DC has the highest rate of HIV. Oh, DC has the highest rate of HIV um, in the country right now. Um, well, we're in the top, but I think that the homeless they don't have access to things like we do. So I think that if we make it available to them, they'll be able to, you know, prevent things like that. So how do we go when, when folks challenge us and say, but are you all promoting sex? So are you saying, because the Bible says to wait until we're married, so how do we combat that? Are we going against what the word is saying? What, what does that really mean? I don't feel like it's, um, is it going against the Bible and biblical teaching? I don't feel like it's promoting sex or anything like that. I feel like it's just being safe. I feel like it's just being safe because, as everybody else is saying, it's like, you know, DC has the highest um, STD and HIV rate, so everybody needs to be safe, not just homeless people. Absolutely. Many say young adults today tend to seek belonging first. Believing comes later. To welcome young adults, churches need to make places where you can belong and then believe. Do you think belonging has to come before believing or that your belief is what actually gets you into the door? I mean, they say, you know, come as you are. A lot of people, they get, uh, they hold back from coming into the church because they think they got to make these changes and stuff first before they come in. I mean, you just need to be, you need to come in and just, you know, even if you don't believe, go to church, go be around like-minded people, be around people that are going to pour into you and, God will touch you in that. Like when you put yourself in that atmosphere to be touched by God, God's going to touch you. And I mean, it's not about being belonging, but you do want to be like the people. It's the responsibility of the people in the church to make those people feel comfortable, even though they're not in the same uh, place in their walk as everybody else. Uh, 
you know, don't make them feel out of place or, oh, you, you know, you you got, you, you far gone or you got a long way to go. It's just, yeah, come in, man. Like, I know you don't, you don't, you don't read the Bible. You don't do this. You, you know, you don't know much about God, but that's okay. It's still love. And, you know, come in here and, and you're going to learn. You're going to be touched and you're going to, you know, we're going to love on you and you're going to feel God's presence in here. And somebody can never heard, uh, read about uh, one word in the Bible ever and then come into church one day and hear something that the pastor said and it speaks into their heart and, you know, that changes their life. But, yeah, so it's not about, you know, feeling like you need to belong or but they do need to feel like they're, they're comfortable. And, you know, that's what God like, God sat with the, the sinners and everything. Like he, he made them feel comfortable. And in doing that, he brought them to, to him, closer to him or to, closer to God. Anybody else believing or belonging? Outside of not being judged, what makes you feel, as a young adult, what makes you feel like you belong in a space? What makes you believe? And at this stage in your life, what do you actually believe concerning God? That was a lot of questions. So, so <laughs> what makes you feel you belong? And you can answer any part of this. What makes you actually believe? And what do you believe at this stage in life? Um, for me, like belonging somewhere, it's not, it's not like, it's something I can't really explain. Like, I don't have a need to belong anywhere, but if I do belong somewhere, I feel it. Like, like I know I belong here, but like, I'll go out sometimes and I'll be like, okay, this is not my crowd. I don't, I don't belong okay. here. I'm not supposed to be here. I might not leave, but. <laughs> but, but you but feel like I out feel of place. It. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say I agree. Like, sometimes it just, like, naturally happens, like, when you feel like you belong somewhere. But I guess it could be, like, the, the energy, the vibes around you, like, the people, the way everybody is, they talk, the way they talk to you, stuff like that. I feel like that factors into where you, how you know that you belong somewhere. What about what you all believe right now? So often we tell you all what to believe. You all know that I'm one that wants us to know why we actually believe what we believe. I don't want us to, our young people, our young adults, I don't want us to have what's called blind faith, where we just believe because um, we're supposed to. This is where we're, But I want us to know why we believe what we believe. Do you all know why you believe what you believe? Or is it personal yet for you? Or still the religion of your mother or your grandmother? I think it, it started off as like the religion of our parents, you know, like go to church with them as a kid. But it was like, I, I, I believed in, you know, everything that they were saying. But then as I got older and I got my own mind, I started to just not believe just because, you know, I was like rebellious or whatever. So, and I was going through some things. So I had got like really out of touch with God. Like I stopped believing in God and everything. But then as I got older, and I'm smarter, and I realize things, like, I see, I see things, like, in the streets, in churches, on TV, like, you can see God at work, you can see the devil at work, like, you can really see it. Hold that thought, hold that thought. We're going to take a pause for the call for the station ID. We'll be right back with this awesome youth panel and with the host, Miss Frances Blacknell, right after this important message. Stay right here on the NL5. For the very best in gospel music, old and new, quartet, and contemporary Christian music, 
Join us Monday through Sunday, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. on the NFI Radio Gospel Network, Raleigh, North Carolina, and catch the wave. I've found healing. North Carolina, Georgia, California, New York, Seattle, Washington, around the world, in studio, NFI Radio Gospel Network, the number one quartet station in the world. Welcome back to the NFI Radio Gospel Network. You're listening to Beat the Arts, the number one talk show here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network. This morning's topic, if this world would truly be what God wanted it to be, what would it look like? We have an awesome panel this morning of young youth that are expressing their concern and what they feel and think. With the host this morning, Miss Francis Blacknell. Now, let's continue with this awesome panel and the host, Miss Francis Blacknell. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. In the New Living Translation, it says, May your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What do you believe God's earthly kingdom should look like? What do you believe God's kingdom here should actually look like? I don't think it should be, like, completely peaceful, like everybody be saying. Like, everybody be saying, you know, make peace, make peace and all that. But if it was, it wouldn't be normal. So, like... I'm not gonna say we need all these all these disasters happening and stuff, but can't nothing be perfect. So like, you know, it's gonna need some bad things here and there. I think walking by faith and not by sight. Um, basically, knowing that He's able to do all things and that God will lead you, you know, in the right direction, and then you go out and you show people what God has sent you to do, and then they will follow. Okay? Give me a visual, y'all. I want to know visually what would it look like if we were to actually say, a lot of times we say things in prayer, and when we're praying that, God, your kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're asking God, God, make this what you want it to be. So if this world imperfections, because we're imperfect. If this world were to truly be what God wanted it to be, what would it look like? I think it wouldn't be, definitely wouldn't be people living out on the streets. Um, I think it would be a lot of gold. A lot of gold? Yes. <laughs> like gold streets, you know, gold trash cans. <laughs> yeah. um, it wouldn't be, you know, litter. We won't have trash killing the, killing the animals in the ocean. We wouldn't have none of that. Uh, no in de- endangered species, you know, all the animals is just living, having having fun, you know. And, like, for some reason, I feel like us and animals would be closer. Hmm. 
Yeah. Huh? I was going to say that, too. Us and animals, like, we would be closer. Like, you know, they walk up to us, and we could pet them, you know, wild animals, you know, and we'd be fine, and they'd be cool with us, you, you know. Walk outside, and there's, like, a bear right there. Exactly. You ride, it up, <laughs> ride it up to the supermarket or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. You feed it, and it's like, all right. Got Boca like this, and then it's on its way. What's interesting is that we're laughing with y'all, but there's so many other religions that respect nature so much more than we do in our earth. And as Christians, we have to remember this is the only earth we got. So what they're saying, they're talking some real stuff, and so many others learn how to live in communion with the earth and oneness with the earth, and even us getting back to, to the place of being one with the earth. It's, that, that's real stuff, real stuff. I think it wouldn't be any racism. I think we would all be able to live, you know, in peace and harmony. And I think that we'll all be able to one day come together and, you know, respect the same things as one another. I kind of like how you, what you and Michael said together, because Michael, you were like, nothing is perfect. And I think even in God's kingdom, if it was what it was supposed to be, that doesn't mean we would all agree on everything. But even in not agreeing, we wouldn't go blow somebody up because we don't agree or we wouldn't tear them down. We would be able, like Shannon, you're saying, to actually communicate, communicate when we don't agree with other. one another and actually talk. Because we're not all going to agree. Life would be boring. Life would be, it, it, would kinda, it would be boring. It would be mundane. But in God's kingdom, for us to be able to express ideas and share ideas, that's real and key. Amen, so if you were going to make this place a world that actually reflects the heavens, where do you start? Do you all feel like you're doing your part to bring God's kingdom here on earth? And how are you doing that? But are you all actually taking your rightful place in the kingdom and helping to make this world what you actually think it should be? Yeah, I mean, it starts with, it starts with yourself, you know. You can't change nobody else. Uh, you can't make anybody else better if you don't make yourself better first. Um, I mean, like you said, like my man said, nobody's perfect. So, yeah, you can be out there. We're, we're going to make our mistakes. But What you doing, Ace? I want to know what yeah, you're I'm doing. doing. We want to get into your business, Ace. What you doing? I just try to, I try to spread positivity. I try to be around my boys, uh, my youth, you know, and just show them that, you know, it can be done. Whatever you want to do, you know, just go out and do it and do it in God's name. And just, you know, whenever, whatever you're doing, just... Just do it with positivity and, and love, showing love, and just with excitement because, you know, a lot of people, like, you're in a great place. Like, God has blessed you so much. Like, even though you feel like, oh, yeah, I should have this, I should have that, there's somebody that doesn't have, like, if somebody had what you had, they, it would change their life, you know? Like, God, we're so blessed with what we have just just with that. And, you know, as you as you get closer with God and as you go in your walk, like there'll be more and more blessings, and, uh, and it's just it's all about just be, getting getting to know God, getting to know yourself, and the hard work. And I just try to you know to just pour into the kids and pour that positivity. And you know you can do it. Don't ever say like, oh yeah I can't do this. I don't want to do this. Don't want to do that. Or just like having a bad attitude because that that energy like my man was talking about the energies like they. They spread on to other people. So if I'm in, if I come in a room and I'm excited, like I usually am, da, 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 like everybody else, like, I'm, I'm gonna get people up. They're gonna feel that. If I come in and I'm, oh, I'm sleepy, da, 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 I could have, I could have had a, a crazy night last night, and you know something bad happened. But I still need, have, I know in myself that I have to come 
and you know show that show that positivity, have that that excitement in my in myself because if I will I will bring down other people around me. So just always trying to lift people up, and that's that's what that's what we got to do to build God's kingdom. Go out and you know we could be somebody's only Bible. So we got to go out and show what God, like we got to reflect God because they're like, okay, if you're, you're saying you're a Christian, you out there doing this, that, or the other. They're like, okay, that's what Christians do. Huh? You know? Huh? Yeah, I, I want to hear from you all. What are y'all doing to, to build the kingdom? Are you doing your part? Are you not? Sometimes I feel like I'm not doing my part because I'm always telling somebody that I don't want, I'm always telling someone I don't want to do this. I don't feel like doing that. So I feel like, if I was to start anywhere, I would work on myself first before I try to work on others. Because I need a lot of work. That's real. I would say, okay, so I'm going to answer the first part of your question when you said, like, how would you start? I would say that, like, everybody can start, like, where they're at in their life. Like, I feel like my start is different from somebody else's start. So, like, I say you give give what you can or do what you can. But, like, with me, I would say that I do my part sporadically. Like, sometimes I'm doing it, sometimes I'm not, then I do it again. Not, like, I go back and forth. But, like, just consistency is hard. So I would say, like, yeah. Consistency is hard. Um, well, every day I have to deal with children. So I try to make sure that they stay on the right path and stuff, you know, in their life. Like if they don't want to do their homework, oh, we're going to do some homework because you're not, you're not going to be here again. You're not going to be in the same grade. You're not going to be, you know, you're going to develop and be the person I know you can be. And I don't know, every day is a struggle um, with myself. But I make sure that I try to keep the faith in them, but as well as working on myself. Um, what was the question? How are you? What are you doing to build God's kingdom? Are you actually doing your part in building God's kingdom? What are you doing to build it? Okay, so I feel like I just kind of started helping build God's, you know, kingdom. Um, I do it, I guess you could say, socially. Like, I talk to people a lot, and I give really good advice. Um, and working at, at a restaurant, I see, like, you know, a bunch of different people every day, and a lot of people have problems, and they really like to talk to their waiter about them. And I help people with their problems. I think I actually fixed somebody's relationship the other day. Did you? Yes. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I'm the same way. Like, I'm doing it real slow. Like, I like to stay to myself, but there's a couple people, like, I can talk to and help them. Like, but yeah, I give good advice. And yeah. Awesome, awesome. So I think you all have hit on some really key things. One of the things that, that you talked about is working on yourself. So as we're building God's kingdom, it is so important for us to work on ourselves because until we, you know, we, we, we got to take care of ourselves. If we're not okay, then it's really hard to begin to care for other people. Hold that thought, hold that thought. We're going to continue with this awesome young panel of young people 
and uh, what a great time we're having this morning. Look, if you would like to express your concern on the topic this morning, feel free to give us a call here at 347-215-8049. We'll be back with the host this morning, Miss Francis Blacknell, right after this important message. In HD2. Call in. We've been expecting you. Catch the wave. North Carolina, Georgia, California, New York, Seattle, Washington, around the world, in studio, NFI Radio Gospel Network, the number one quartet station in the world. Welcome back to Beat the Arts, the number one talk show here on the NFI Radio Gospel Network on this wonderful Monday. You're catching the wave with our number one talk show to Beat the Arts. And the host this morning, Miss Frances Blacknell, with a young youth group that is definitely bringing out some information to express how they feel and how they see things that are going on around the world and what they believe that is the right way. All right, well, this morning's topic, if this world would truly be what God wanted it to be, what would it look like? And these young youth have definitely expressed their concern about what they feel it would look like. And you can call in and express your concern at 347-215-8049. Again, that number you can call in live right now at 347-215-8049. We would love to hear more of the young youth expressing their concern. So, young people, call in and express your concern. Now, let's continue with this awesome host this morning, Miss Frances Blacknell. I just want to shift. We only have about 10 more minutes, but I just want to shift a little bit. Do you all know about the Me Too movement? Yes. Who does not know about the Me Too movement? Okay, so can someone just share briefly about the Me Too? Okay. So the Me Too is basically, you know, there's a lot of uh, accusations about um, sexual assault in the past. And, um, you know, so one person has come up, and, you know, Me Too. It's like, oh, well, I happened to Me Too. And so now that one person is, is coming out with something, then now they're saying that all these other people are coming uh, coming out. And so there's that controversy of, or are they just saying it just because somebody else is doing it, or they want the, uh, the publicity, or are they, you know, they see the strength of other women, and now they want to come out with it, and or now they have the strength to come out and say something, because... Like the Bill Cosby, absolutely. By a show of hands, how many of us in this room have been molested or know someone who has been molested or sexually assaulted, so personally or know someone? Y'all see, this is most of the people in the room who either know somebody who have experienced it or have seen it. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. And as I was praying, actually, in the midnight hour about this, I said we couldn't have a young adult panel. We had the, the normal kingdom questions, but we couldn't have a panel of young adults and not address that. 
And I just want you, want you all to personally, what do you all believe? What do you all think about Kavanaugh? What do you all think about the whole movement? How do we ensure that we, this isn't the norm? Uh, two years ago, three years ago, it was Beach Week, and a woman was raped. We were actually talking about it. I looked it up. It was three by three different men while all of the college students stood around and watched, and nobody did anything. They recorded. Nobody intervened. How do we create? That is not God's kingdom. Us saying things like, oh, maybe it happened, maybe. How do we ensure that this doesn't happen as young adults because it's running rampant in the young adult community? How do we ensure what's the place of the church? Um, I think that, that sex sometimes is um, an awkward topic to talk about for some people. But I think it, it starts with, well, you said church, but I, I think it starts with, like, um, parents, parenting, and, like, whoever's raising you. Because people don't teach their kids about consent. Mm. And, like, no means no. People say no means ask again. Mm-hmm. Like, or, uh, like, if she's not running away from you, then she's fine with it. But, like, people people don't teach their kids consent. And they grow up thinking that, like, women owe them sex and just mm-hmm. got to give it up or whatever. And that's not true at all. Not when folks become sexually active, but, you know, we're going to wait until, you know. But if consent doesn't start, then consent starts with our babies. I'm a youth pastor. One of the things we'd like to do is hug. If y'all will see, I'll say, can I have a hug first? Can I have a hug? And I'll, I'll do this first because some people don't want to hug you. And that is their prerogative. So I'm so glad that you brought up that idea and that notion of consent because consent is so key. So thank you for that. Okay, well, you asked a lot of questions, but I want to answer the one in the beginning. Um, when you said, what do you think about the situation? So at first, the first thought that came to my head was like, that's so long ago. But then I was like, but it's still a traumatic experience, even if it's like in high school when you were younger, when you're a child. Like, So I feel like even though it was so long ago or back when they were in high school and he's um, an older man now, it's like it should still be looked at and... I don't know, taken in, I don't know, yeah. You, that's good what you're saying there because that's a lot of the arguments that people come out and say, well, why did they wait so long if it happened? Why did they wait so long? The majority of people do not ever say anything because of the shame, because of the guilt, but that those effects are lifelong, so that's real. Yeah, I want to speak on um, not the other person but yourself. Um, you know, it goes into, you know, respecting yourself. You know, when it's, uh, you know, putting yourself in certain situations, keeping yourself around, I mean, away from certain type of people and not, you know, going and entering, not saying like any of that stuff is, is good or okay. I'm just saying like when we're talking about ourselves, like despite all the other stuff, like there's ways that you can keep yourself away from things like that. And it's, you know, respecting yourself and holding yourself as, uh, at a higher standard and, you know, talking to the young women, like it's important for men to, to teach young women how they should be treated, you know, and it, it starts with his fathers, brothers, friends, like, uh, as, as men, like it's, it's, it's our job to, to show women that, you know, they're strong, they're important, they, they matter. And, you know, they have so much to, uh, to to give just as as themselves, and it's not the sexual stuff. It's it's all the other stuff. It's what you bring to the table, and you know just to respect themselves. And it's 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 the job of a man to to teach and to show that respect to the women, so they know like 
this is how I'm supposed to be treated, and all that other stuff is un unacceptable. And, you know, it, it's important for the, uh, the young girls, little girls, young women to stay true to that and to know that, you know, I am a strong woman. I, I, have, I have so much worth, and, you know, I'm not going to foster that. I'm not going to change that. I'm not going to change my mind just for what some dude says or uh, just because he, you know, oh, yeah, like, it's okay. Like, no. Like, I know, I know myself. I know my heart. I know my background. I know what I was, what I was taught and what I was brought up on, and I know God, and I'm, that's not going to change. That's not going to change for you. It's not going to change for these, 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 these little bit of, of moments, and none, none of that's going to change. I'm going to stay true to myself. If I say no, no means no, and if, 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 that's, if that's not okay with you, you can go on. Like, there's, that you're not, that's not the one for you, and just, you know, just stay true to yourself and always, you know, uh, you know, strengthen the people around you, be with your sisters, your brothers, and, you know, it's, it's, it's who you surround yourself with. Surround yourself with good people that are going to have your back, that's going to protect you, and, you know, always show love, show love to you and always, you know, looking out for your best interest. Amen. I'm going to um, push back just a little bit and say we got to be careful to ensure we don't victim blame. So even if somebody shows up with what you think is the wrong outfit or in the wrong place at the wrong time, if they don't consent, it's never okay. Absolutely. So we got to really be careful about our language and to never put it on what somebody, nobody ever deserves to be violated. I don't care if somebody is walking down the street naked and they are high out their minds. That doesn't mean they deserve to be violated. And that's what we have to come to understand as Christians and as, as, as believers because y'all, building the kingdom is, is, is deeper than just, oh, we're going to have a great church service. Building the kingdom is creating a world that is just, creating a world that is literally love, which means we don't violate one another which means we don't judge one another. It doesn't matter how they show up. We don't oppress one another. That's the kingdom that God is waiting for. That's the work that we have to do. And I want us to challenge our beliefs and even some of those things that we've been taught. Sometimes we go off of church cliches and we stop thinking about who Jesus really was. When the adulterer, when they pulled the woman out, didn't pull the man out, and they were about to stone her to death, it was Jesus accepting them. It was like, yeah, nah, not on my watch. Not on my watch. So I just want to, we, we're about to close our panel. Can we just give our panelists a hand clap? But if there were any pressing questions um, that you all had for our panelists, and I just, um, any pressing questions that you all wanted to ask them, and if not, I just wanted to give them all a chance to just say um, a closing word, just on, on whatever is in your heart, on whatever is in your spirit, what you want to leave us with. And I encourage you all as parents, as young adults, talk to your friends about these things. If you see something that's not okay, like step in and as much as you, we talk about like teaching the girls we got to teach our brothers yeah, yeah. and we also have to teach somebody if anybody hurts you you can come to me and i'm going to believe you because that's the other thing how often are we not believing those who are coming to us so it's so important even in the church we don't want to talk about that but in the church in the church y'all see it's not just the catholic church amen, amen. so Closing words. You know, closing words. Yeah, one thing I wanted to say to the to the fellas, you know, it's you know we all fellas, women, girls, you know, it's all we know right or wrong. You know, you see something wrong, say something. You see something, you say something. And you know, it's our job, like, to to build God's kingdom. We're we're the children of God. 
we got to be out here, you know, fighting for right. We got to fight, fight for the right stuff, fight with love, fight with compassion, fight with. Sometimes you got to fight with fight. And, you know, it's, it's always for the right, always fighting for the right thing. So if you see something going on, if you see bullying going on, you know, say something or talk to, uh, call an adult, um, help that person, go talk to that person, see if they're okay. If you see anything that's, is, that's going on that shouldn't be going on, say something. Don't just stand, stand by and say, oh, somebody else will get it because that, that, that might not happen. And you saying something in that instant could have saved that person's life or changed, that, or, or changed the whole trajectory of that person's life and sent them down a, a better path. And, you know, we have the, that's, that's how much power you have in, okay. in, in your words and saying things in your actions. So always, you know, be conscious of the actions that you take and the actions that you don't take also because there's so much power in that. Um, going back to the sexual assault converse, conversation, a lot of people think that um, sexual assault just happens to young girls and women and stuff, but it doesn't. I have a friend, and he was assaulted when he was a little kid, and he never said anything to anyone, and that affects him now. Like He doesn't trust people. He, he really states his so. So I just feel as if people should, like, speak up no matter what your gender is. Chante, I'm so glad you said that because those who are even less likely to report are our young boys, literally our young boys. That in the middle of the night was reading an article about a father who walked in on another man molesting his 11-year-old um, son. He beat the man unconscious and then called the police and was like, he's here waiting out for y'all in a puddle of blood. Of course, nothing happened to him because he walked in. So I'm so glad that you said that because this is not just unique to women. It happens to our boys. It happens to young men. So thank you for, for bringing that up. We have to talk to all of our children about that. Um, I don't really have anything closing to say, but I would just say um, build the kingdom, walk in your purpose. <laughs> um, I do think it starts with the youth because our generation now, they see what they see on TV, um, out in the streets and stuff. And I think that as the older youth, we need to teach them, you know, that's not right, that's not okay. Um, and that basically, you know, be that person they can talk to when they need, you know, somebody to talk to or be the person that is straight up like, no, I don't think that's a good idea because they might not have that, you know, at home or, you know, that brother or sister that they may need to do that for them. Um, I agree with what she just said. Like, it's really, it's really on us, like young adults, because kids don't, kids seems like they don't listen to their parents really that much, especially when their parents are a lot older than them. And I think it's because they can't relate to their parents. Like, I'm, my parents aren't that old, but I, used to not listen to them at all, but I would listen to anything that my older brother or one of my older sisters said. Like, you have to relate to someone before they can, like, listen to you and, you know, start doing the right things that you're telling them to do. That's the only thing, though, we have to tell them to do the right things and not just, you know, try to be cool, try to fit in or whatever. Like, it's cooler to do the right thing than it is to fit in with the wrong crowd. Amen. Last words, last words, Michael. <laughs> mm.
Love yourself. Amen. 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 Awesome, awesome job. If you can all just stand, we're going to close in prayer. If you could just stand and grab the person's hand next to you, we're just going to close in prayer. God, we come to you giving you honor, glory, and praise, oh God. We thank you, God, for this youth and young adult service, oh God. We thank you for a group of young people, God, who know you, God, who love you, God, who are ready to serve you, God, who are ready to build your kingdom, oh God. So right now, God, we lift up every single young person in this room, oh God, and we decree and declare that they take their rightful places in the kingdom, oh God, that when they go out, they are the light of the world, oh God, that they are the salt of the earth, oh God, that they will be the leaders, oh God, that you have called them to be, oh God. God, allow them to lead their peers, allow them to lead their friends, oh God, into to goodness, oh God, into rightness, oh God, into just love, oh God, love for your people, oh God, love for ourselves, oh God, love for our communities, love for our earth, love for our animals, oh God, just show us, God, how to build your kingdom here on earth, God, I pray from the youngest, oh God, to the oldest, God, in this room, remind us, God, that as long as we are walking this earth, we have a place, oh God, and we have purpose, oh God, to do your kingdom building, God, so just show us what it is you would have us to do, God. Show us the work you would have us to do, God, and help us to be consistent, God. God, we don't want to go and come and go and come back, but God, we want to be consistent, God. So give us the prayer partners we need, oh God. Give us the friend circles that we need, oh God. Give us our, our church youth leaders and young adult leaders, oh God, that we need, oh God. Our friends that we need to just remind us to get in the world, to remind us that it's going to be okay, to remind us to even take care of ourselves, oh God, so that we can do this work, God. I Thank you for 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 Seawild. Thank you for Kingdom. Thank you, Lord God, for just these two churches even being able to come together, God. Use us for your glory, oh God, to build your kingdom, God, the way you want it to be built, God. Not based on religion, oh God, but based on love, God, and based on who you are. So Holy Spirit, we avail ourselves to do your work, God. Use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Everybody hug somebody before you leave, and thank you to everyone who joined us online. We want to thank Sister Francis Blacknell for that awesome panel discussion with the youth this morning. What an awesome, awesome panel this morning coming forth, the young people. And you know, the young people are our future. And as we see each and every day young people out going to school, coming from school, in the stores, around our community, are they one of those that can be a doctor? Are they one of those can be a governor? Are they one of those can be a lawyer? Do you know that you're walking by someone that God has already blessed even from their mother's womb that they will be more than a conqueror? (laughs) Aren't you more than a conqueror this morning? As you continually follow Christ, trusting and believing in God, knowing that by faith, By faith, all things are possible if you believe. So if you're a believer this morning, continually trust in the Lord and lean not to your own understanding, knowing without a doubt that as you trust Him, you have the assurance to walk in the newness of Christ. 
To God be the glory, we've got more great gospel music right here from the NFI Studios, Raleigh, North Carolina, your number one quartet and contemporary Christian station in the world. NFI, North Carolina, Georgia, California, New York, Seattle, Washington, around the world, in studio, NFI, Radio Gospel Network, the number one quartet station in the world.
Whatever I needed you, love. 
to doctors for 12 years straight. <laughs> but what I needed was you. 
what I needed is you. Just like Jesus Show up at the right time again Doctor after doctor But only Jesus had the cure He showed up at the right time Sickness after sickness But only Jesus has the cure Remind you that he'll show up at the right time. He'll show up at the right time. We trust your timing. We trust your planning. We trust your will. He'll show up at the right time. Show up at the right time. NFI, North Carolina, Georgia, California, New York, Seattle, Washington, around the world, in studio, NFI, Radio Gospel Network, the number one quartet station in the world.
Jesus, Jesus, the power. 
the Lord. Come on, give him glory. Hallelujah. Come on, give him glory. Oh yeah, I think 
and coming up right here on the NLI Radio Gospel Network, and we are ready to come forward this morning. I know I am, and I have a panel of awesome men and women of God. It's going to be joining us this morning, and what am I talking about? Well, those of you are tuned in and ready to hear what we have to say this morning, and I have an awesome panel of men and women of God that's going to be joining us right here, and uh, they are ready to come forward. They are standing by, and we are ready to bring forth this morning, and those of you this morning on To Beat the Odds, we are going to be talking about the power of prayer. The power of prayer. Does prayer change things? And how do you pray to get a prayer through? Huh? We're going to be talking about all that and more. And joining us this morning from Fort Washington, Maryland, Reverend Robert E. Ellison. He is the author of The Biblical Insight of Coping with Chaos. Also joining us this morning from Youngsville, North Carolina, Reverend Dantes Lee. And from Raleigh, North Carolina, joining us is Elder Kerry Harris, Pastor of Word of Deliverance Ministry. And from Greensboro, North Carolina, he's back. And what word did he share on last week? Mr. Michael Booker. He works with all of the youth there in Greensboro and teach them how to stand up and be a man, teaching them the principles and the Word of God. All that's coming your way. Look, if you want to call in and join us, you can simply by dialing 347-215-8049. That's 347-215-8049 to beat the odds. Where you can call in and make your comments right here on the NLFI Radio Gospel Network. We'll be right back with this awesome panel. I'm looking forward to hear what they're going to share about the power of prayer right after this. Caught it first on the wave. Catch the wave on the NFI coming to you live from Raleigh, North Carolina, in the studio of the NFI Gospel Network. Catch the wave on the NFI in HD2. Come on in. We've been expecting you. Catch the wave. All right, we are here live, and welcome back. All right, well, look, uh, I know they are ready. I'm ready, and we are going to talk with these awesome men and women of God this morning. I'm excited. And uh, what about you? If you are around and have your Bible nearby, you may want to grab it, because I know this morning these men and women of God, they're going to share some scriptures this morning. And uh, those of you know how, it's the word, it's the word, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word proceeded out of the mouth of God, and what a mighty God we serve. <laughs> All right, okay, well look, I know they're ready, I'm just trying to get you to get a chance to get your Bible, get yourself ready, call a friend, tell a neighbor to log in right here to the NFI to beat the odds. Here from the studio in Raleigh, North Carolina. Good morning, everybody. How you feeling? Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Praise God. Praise God. 
to all of you again. I'm so honored to have you back again on this Monday morning. It's uh, February the 18th, 2019, and uh, what, what a day it's been here thus far. Look, before we get started, I would love for one of you, if you will, uh, to open up with a word of prayer. I'll be more than happy to do that, Reverend Kearney. Uh, dear Heavenly Father, we come to you once again, Lord. It is so wonderful to be in your presence. We worship you who are God and God alone. You are the Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. From generation to generation, you are God. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Father, we pray today that you would create in us all clean hearts with a right spirit, O oh God, that we would worship you both in spirit and in truth. Now, Lord, we pray for a fresh anointing today over this panel and over our discussion, Lord God, that as your word goes out, surely, Lord, it will not return to you void, but will it, it will accomplish what you have sent it to do. Lord, we thank yeah. you today for this opportunity, and we bless your holy name. These things mm-hmm. we pray in Jesus' precious name. Jesus. Amen. 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 All right. Yes, sir. Okay. Well, look, uh, I, I, I know there's so much all of you are fired up about this topic we are going to be talking about this morning. And uh, what I'm going to do here, uh, maybe one of you have, and uh, I, I do myself, but if one of you would like to first uh Give the definition of prayer. Well, prayer is simply, uh, simply put, uh, communication with God, and some would say intimate communication with God, Reverend Kearney. Amen. Amen. Anyone else? That's simply it. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. Well, look, what I'm going to do, and that's why I asked that, I I have some others that, that that would like to share their opinion on what prayer is. And I uh, had a young man uh, from the studio. He went out and asked some questions of uh, some people to just see what they would say, <laughs> what prayer meant to them. So uh, let's let's hear what they say. Let's hear what they say. Prayer is talking to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Do you ever pray? I do. You do? Yes, sir. What's prayer? Prayer is praying to God, having you... faith, and helping Him restore your soul. Do you ever pray? Yes, sir. You do? Yes, sir. What do you want to pray about uh, your future, your life? What do you want to do? That I can be a professional violinist. I'm not sure exactly if I would classify it as God, per se. So when you pray, you do, who are you praying to? A higher power. What do you pray about? Um, we pray about, like, you know, for the sick and for our family, and then we'd, like, thank Jesus for the things he's given us. So who do you pray to? God. God? Yes, sir. Who's God? The man up there. The man up there. We thank God for dying on the cross for our sins. We thank him for everything he did for us. We thank him for all the blessings that we have daily. Do you pray? Yes. What do you pray about? I pray that we have a good life, and I thank him for my good family and my good will. You believe in healing? Mm-hmm. Who taught you that? My parents and then, yeah. Yeah, church. and have you, have you seen much healing in, in when you prayed for people? Yeah. What's a recent answer to prayer? 
that you can talk um, about? Well, we prayed for my husband to get a new position, and he recently got a new job. Do you ever tell you no? Sometimes. What do you do when he tells you no? You gotta wait. What, you all pray? Yeah, I go to a well, private school. You go to a private school, is that why you pray? No, because I believe in God. The young lady said, I believe in God. Isn't that wonderful? Beautiful, beautiful. The young lady said, I believe in God. And, you know, there are those that are listening this morning. Many believe in God, and there are some that don't believe in God. And that's why we're here this morning, to let those know that he is alive and well. And we're going to uh, share a few few more uh, information about uh, about the power of prayer, about the power of prayer. Um, can I ask someone, I know maybe someone nearby has a Bible, whether they are on the uh, panel or if you're at home. Uh, I'd like for someone to read Matthew, this sixth chapter, uh, verse 6. I believe someone is getting that while they're getting that. Um, is there someone else that wanted to share about prayer? I know there's a lot of things that many of you have gone through, some trials, and that, that prayer uh, uh, did some things and uh, 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 and is still doing some things as we speak. Uh, and uh, I'm so grateful that you all are aboard this morning because we have a large listening audience uh, on this topic that we are bringing forth. Did someone get that Matthew 6 chapter? And what, yeah, well, what before, verse before. is that? Matthew 6. I'm sorry, go ahead. Matthew 6 chapter, verse 6. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to the Father which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. Verse 7, but when ye pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do. For they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Amen. Amen. That's that's wonderful right there. Anyone want to just kind of elaborate a little bit about that because... Um, you know, there are so many that just, like she said, want to be heard. And when you pray, you're supposed to go into your secret closet. And somebody, if if you would, explain to them what he meant by secret closet. Well, it's a um, private. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead, brother. Well, you was probably saying. It's a pri- it's a private uh, place of prayer. I don't know exactly what uh, uh, <clears throat> Brother Ellison was going to say, but <clears throat> I may be uh, jumping the gun here a little bit because um, I want to share with your listening audience uh, something that happened to me, what God has showed me about prayer. And the supernatural power of prayer, since we're talking about the power of prayer, uh, I remember a couple of, it's been about five or six years ago, uh, I had a dream 
you know, the Lord had been dealing with me in dreams ever since I was six years old, prophetic dreams. I dreamed about a man in the hospital that had died on the operating table. This man had died on the operating table. This man, he weighed about 600 and something pounds. And And in the dream, I was talking to the doctors, and the doctors told me that he was dead, okay? Now, this is in my dream. Now, this man, I want you to know later on, after I I had uh, saw this dream about three years before I met this man who who belonged to this church down the street from where we live, when when we had moved, first moved to this area. I asked the Lord, this was my prayer, I asked the Lord, Lord, you showed me who this man is and why you had me to dream this dream. And in the dream, I went and I laid my hands on this man and prayed. The doctors were saying, we're going to pull the plug on him and we're going to cut his legs off because we got to get him in a casket. I want you to know this man was 600-something pounds. Mm. And so later on, I visited this church, had preached at this church, and I met this guy, and he looked just like the man in my dreams. And so I went over in the dream and prayed for this man, and this man was brought back to life in my dream. I'm just talking about the power of prayer, in my dream. When I met this man, he told me, this guy standing six feet something tall, just as tall, taller than I am. I'm, I'm 6'2". I mean, he had to be at least 6'2 or 6'3". He looked like he weighed 600 pounds, 500 pounds at least, okay? His legs had bandages on them. looked like, I don't know if it appeared like the doctors had tried to cut his legs off because they thought he was going to die. He had bandages on his legs. Both One of his legs was wrapped, you know, as if something had happened to it. And he told me when I asked him, he said, uh, Reverend Lee, I died on the operating table twice, and the Lord brought me back to life. So I just want to let people know the power of prayer is real. God can have you to travel (laughs) beyond space and time and dimension to have you to pray for somebody that you don't know. But yet, God has a purpose. He has a reason. And there's something that people of God need to understand. Prayer is a spiritual weapon, both defensive and offensive. And so that's all I'm going to say on that topic right now. Amen. 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 Okay. Wonderful. Look, let's. I just want to go back because there are some I know. I know we're 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 talking on the power of prayer, but we want to give them a little bit of information uh, for those that may not be in advance with that. And that's why I asked if someone wanted to share about uh, going into your your closet, your secret place. And I think Reverend Ellison, you were going to come back with something on that. Yes, um, uh, thank you, Reverend Kearney. I was just going to say that uh, 
Jesus spent a lot of time in prayer with the Father, connecting with the Father. He would often separate himself from everyone else so that he could be alone with the Father. Um, in reference to that, uh, going into your closet, that secret place, that quiet place, uh, that place where only you and the Lord himself connect with each other. It's very important um, uh, in prayer that that you be uh, separated, you, you, you be in that secret place, that quiet place that you can reflect and, and you can think and you can pray to God in order that he would hear you. So your closet could be any place. With Jesus, it, it may have been uh, in the rock someplace, you know, off the, off the coast of the sea, and just going to a quiet place where he could be alone with the Father. So it doesn't matter where you go. For me, oftentimes it's a basement. It's the basement of my home. Um, and for some people, it could be their, their bathroom. Uh, any place where they can get along with God and be uninterrupted, that is the key to where you get to a place where you're uninterrupted and you would have that communion that, that the Lord desires to have with you. Amen. 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 Would you, would you also look at it as when you begin to go into that quiet place, you are tapping into the inward man, that spirit man that dwells within you. You're reaching, going beneath, going into the innermost parts. And, yes, and when you yes. go into that innermost part, then you're able to communicate, you're able to separate yourself from the outward, and you're reaching within. Yeah, very, very well put there, Reverend Kearney. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because when you're saved, everyone has what I call the God seed, that 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 spirit of God that's planted in every believer. It, it begins as a seed, and over time, over years, over trials and tribulations, over your dependence upon God, that seed blossoms. It brings a harvest. And it's through the reading of the word, the meditation of the word, it's through prayer and supplication to God that God seed flourishes and blossoms. So though the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed. And it's, I'm glad that you brought that up because that is so critical, so vital in the prayer life of every believer. Amen. Amen. Anyone Amen. else? Amen. Mr. Booker, I know you've been holding back, and welcome back. We're glad to have you back. So glad that uh, you're here this morning. Uh, any comments? Oh, thank you, Reverend Kearney. Yeah, I, I was, you know, y'all are so right. And I was just sitting here, you know, just taking it all in, taking it all in, because, you know, uh, I hope our audience understands that this is really good stuff. And uh, yes. this is so very important and so very vital. And we have to understand, you know, prayer is also a form of, um, God sought meditation and thought. And just for those ones that may not understand, uh, if you know when you went to the scripture, prayer has prayer is so powerful that it has to have a specific target. Okay, you know uh, uh, because it's God create anything God has created is the standard in the universe. So we have to understand that prayer is so powerful. It has to have a specific target because, again, you know, prayer is a form of, of, of 
uh, uh, God meditation and, and, and thought. So there are people that pray to the devil and get a response. There are people that pray to all kinds of other spirits and get a response. So prayer has to be targeted. That's why the Bible says, speaks of, of praying to the Father. See, God is that target. We, we have to know who we're praying to. Some people just pray and don't have a target. And the prayer just probably hit the ceiling and fall back down, or, or, or something may reach out and answer that prayer. But we have to have a specific target, and that target is God. And, and I want to say this, not just God, because God has a name. His name is Jesus Christ, okay? So God is just a description of, 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 of what he is. That's like saying a car. Well, when you say a car, we, we, we have a certain understanding of what a car is, but when you get down to the brand of the car, then you get into specifics. So we, we have to know that prayer is something that has to have a target. And not only that, prayer, Jesus said, I only say what I hear my father say, and I only do what I see my father do. So we know then that prayer is more listening than speaking. Prayer is communing. But what, what, what's most important about prayer is what we hear God say. Mm-hmm. Not so much what we say to God. Now, what we say mm-hmm. to God is important, but what's more important than that is what we hear him say. Because we want to be like our, our great example. Jesus Christ is our perfect example. He's our mature example of what a Christian is supposed to be. So we want to be able to hear and say what we hear our Father say. And we want, to be, we want to be able to do what we see our Father do. And the only way that can happen is through prayer. So for those that, that, that may just be praying and, and, and know that there's a certain way you have to pray if you want to get results. You just can't say no labor down to sweet type prayer. You need to be praying the scriptures. We need to be praying the scriptures, you know, because everything we need has already been given to us. Mm-hmm. But as but as we take our concerns to God in prayer, we have to remember those prayers have to have a target. God is the target. Jesus Christ is the target. People say, well, I pray to God. Well, I don't know who God you serve, so therefore, I don't know what you're talking about. What's his name? God has a name. So we have to be careful living in this age when people say, well, you know, I pray to God. We have to question, okay, are you talking about, because, you know, people consider the enemy of God, too. So let's let's know that we need to make sure our prayers are targeted and that we are listening, because prayer is more listening than speaking. Amen. Amen. This is good stuff. Look, uh, Brother Booker, you said a target. Uh, oh, my goodness. Um, Elder Hurst. Can you, since he said a target, can you uh, uh, pull Luke 11 and 1? Because this is relating to that target, what he was talking about, Luke 11 and 1. And uh, while she's getting, yes, Luke 11 and 1. And since he mentioned about that target, because that is some good stuff, Brother Booker. We thank you. Those of you, while she's getting that, you can call in right here live and express your comment at 347-215-8049. That's 347-215-8049. We'd love to hear from you. Okay, I've got it. Amen. 
Okay. How many verses? Uh, two. Okay. And it came to pass that as they were praying in the in, in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said unto them, which, when ye shall pray, say, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, as in heaven, so in earth. Give us day by day our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone that is indebted to us, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. And he said unto thee, okay, is that all? It, yes. Amen. Amen. Okay. Brother Booker, is that target? Brother Booker. Yes, sir. Yes. Would you say that's yes, target? Sir. Did you hear her read that? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's talking about the father. The target has been identified, you know, and the, and, and the target is the father. You know, uh, uh, it's so, again, it's vitally important. You know, prayer is heartfelt meditation and thought. That's what prayer is. Prayer is heartfelt meditation and thought. And so, but that prayer has to go out because some people pray into the universe, you know. These days, mm-hmm. people pray into the universe. You mm-hmm. know, the universe has become a big thing, and, and we know who the God we know who the God of the universe is. That word "universe" means cosmos. <laughs> That's the enemy when you pray into the universe. But when you when you put a target on that prayer, Father in Jesus' name. Now we've mm-hmm. established the connection. See, now we've established the connection. Now we know. Who, who their prayer is going to be connected to because we've established it. We've hit that mm-hmm. target. We've established that connection. So when we say, Father, in Jesus' name, then that prayer has a place to go. That prayer has a target. That prayer is now connected to where it's supposed to be going to, and that's so important, Reverend Curry. Well, since you said that, and, and we're going to open up. Go ahead, Ella, Ella Harris. Okay, and, and first uh, Corinthians, uh-uh, first Thessalonians 5 and 8 says pray without ceasing. And, and, and that does not mean to get on, on your knees and shut your eyes and stay real tight and see how long you can pray. That's not what it means. It, it means to talk to the Lord, uh, Jesus Christ, throughout the day, have a prayerful spirit. Hallelujah. And then... What you're saying in those prayers is what the word I heard the brother say, what the Bible say, you say. And I told a sister that was really sick, I said, you're supposed to speak to your situation. I said, you call it by name and tell it what to do. I said, over here in Mark 11, it said, um, speak to the mouth. She said, well, uh, I don't do that. I said, well, no problem. That's your sickness. Then, if you don't do that for your own self, I won't either. But uh, we need to call the situation by name and tell it what to do. I know I went in the hospital twice because two people had had a major heart attack, and in either case, the doctor was expecting one to live to the next day, 
and warn the Leah Mayflower. And I asked, and, and it was an intense Catholic nurse, can I pray? And he said, yeah. So I said, okay, hard. Now, this is how I prayed this. I said, in the name of Jesus, God put you in this body to pump blood through this heart. Now, I command you to do it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Within 36 hours, both of those people got up and went home. Praise the Lord. Amen. First, find out what the Bible says about your situation. And if there is not an exact identical thing, Attached to that, then find a principle that's like yours and pray that. Amen. 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 Look, now, I I hear you, and and going back to Brother Booker again, Brother Booker said there are some that just praying out to what, Brother Booker? Well, there's some that just praying out to what we call the universe. You know, these, okay. these young folks these days, that's what they do. They pray out of the universe somewhere out there or something. All right. Well, we got a young lady. That's 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 what she want to let you know. Uh, her, her name is uh, 